Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with... Mike Vacchione. Andy Rampernard. And Cassie Schrader. I told you guys up front, Italians don't follow orders very well. You're going to have to point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. We'll be right back. Kick things off with Mike Vecchione. He is at Rick Bronson's House Comedy tonight and tomorrow night in Sunday show as well. Right back with Mike after this. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? Well, the latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer for <laughs> He just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. We are back. I think oh, we're not doing music oh. anymore. Oh, no, we are. I just it was being slow. I was trying to click on a song, and the internet's being slow. It today. is. It's being weird today. Oh well. All right, Mike. How are you? I'm good, Tom. How are you doing? Marvelously well. You know, it's been a long time. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think it was the summer last time I was here. I missed was... this morning. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I think. It was... <laughs> yeah, I think it probably was. We had a nice conversation this morning about 
moving around the country and right. getting involved. So now, what did we? We didn't really get to the part where where what what was it that made you decide I want to do stand up comedy? Um, I took a class when I was in Philadelphia, a stand up comedy class. But then I was engaged to be married and working, so I didn't have the gumption to go out and like hit the clubs. But then she broke up with me, and I was pretty heartbroken and um, lost. So I just started going to the clubs. Uh, I started going to the club every every once a week. I started doing open mics, and then it just built from there. And I was not very good for a couple. I was not getting consistent laughs for a couple years. Some guys are good right off the bat. I was not one of those guys. I just was like, I just figured it'll help me somewhere down the line, public speaking wise or something. So yeah, because I was in school for I was getting my master's in education. So I just uh, kept going to the clubs until I got funny. Yeah, because a lot of guys tell me, men and women tell me, that are really you know, very successful. They said it takes you 10 full years from day one right. to 10 years later to get really good at it. Well, that's 1,000 hours. That's a, or the 10,000 hour rule. 10,000 hours, yeah. yeah. Practice. Yeah, I yeah. guess so. Yeah. So, but people overlook that now because it's such a um, here and now society where it's like i want it right now kind of a thing but people kind of forget that principle no it is very true everybody wants something right now yes you know the world's changed a lot there's no question about i i still from the show this morning i cannot understand why we've been told by people who um go to facebook or, or twitter or particularly texting it angers people apparently if you end the sentence with a period why? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, you know I've had that before too because I do that. I, I I do that and and people because they, they take it uh, the feedback they take it as um, you're being abrupt. That's what? the way they take it. Yeah, you're being short with them and abrupt. Oh, they take God. it as uh, being curt, I guess. Um, so just everybody wants to be a victim. Yeah, I guess so you, people are the victim of your yeah. text. I was the victim of your text. <laughs> oh right. my gosh! That's true. Now I got to tweet you an apology. I have to tag everybody in it. <laughs> yep. You know? yep, that's true. Oh, I don't know. We got ourselves into a hole. I blame the millennials. I think now. I blame the baby yeah, boomers yes. actually for raising the millen. Then the baby boomers raise the millennials. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like um, see, yeah. my parents were right before they were World War II babies, so right. Um, I wasn't raised like a baby boomer the baby boomers had a little bit softer so they raised the millennials you know in that same kind of way and now the millennials like hate yeah, the baby boomers ironically yes yes they do what is it okay boomer or, or what is it what it, mm-hmm. something hey boomer yeah, yeah the, apparently there's a millennial yeah. saying about boomers that right. it's supposed to be an insult or whatever yeah. it's like yeah as soon as you achieve something get back to me and i'll see if <laughs> right I right it. yeah yeah that's all it is to it I, uh, achievement is not a big thing in, in this day and age. And I, I, do you think we'll get to a point ever where you can go on stage? And I, you know, Ricky Gervais already did it. Uh, Dave Chappelle already kind of did it. But right. do you think there's there's a there's a good solid base to go and point out to people how just absolutely annoying and stupid they're being? Yeah, I think it's really. I think what Ricky Gervais did was really funny. I mean, it wasn't just I loved it. poignant, I loved but it was really, really funny the way he did it too, and uh, it and, and really smart. But and he pulls it off with that accent, which sounds charming. 
Like the way he's doing it sounds charming. British people have that. I mean, it's crazy. I think if he didn't have the accent, it would come off as cold and mean. But it it just came off as charming with that accent. So I thought that was a great addition to it. And guys like Chappelle too. Chappelle can he can do it because he's the epitome of cool, you know. But I think without that, it 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 it, it's because the message is hard. So it's a hard message, but I think that softens the accent softens it, and Chappelle's coolness like softens the message. So, but it, it really, it really is. It was great, you know. It really, it, yeah, because there's going to be, there's a backlash to it. There's a backlash to political sure, correctness, sure. and um, because political correctness is just like it's not solving the actual problem. It's just it's just oh. covering it up on the surface. So that's why everybody's against it, you know. That's why people. That's why there's yeah, a huge there's a huge backlash to it. You know, it's interesting. You look at the history of comedy, particularly stand up comedy in America. There's an ebb and a flow to it that's really amazing, and it tends to follow political changes in the society. I mean, in the '80s, yeah. that's exactly what happened after right. the, you know the '70s with the hippies and all that. Right. All of a sudden, comedy just blew. Up. That was about what '82, something like that. Right. There was a boom, Somewhere and there. it's booming now. It's booming now, yep. and uh, yep. and uh, but then now you have uh, a lot of people who are not in it for the pureness of the art form. They're they're just like jumping on the bandwagon to catapult themselves in other ways. So you're going to have a lot of that. So hopefully it doesn't. Uh, eventually it'll get too big and it'll bust like it did in the '90s, and then yeah. it'll it'll. Yeah. But I, I like it right now. I like the the boom right now because it's more opportunities for everyone. You know, a rising tide. What is that? A rising tide carries all boats. Or I'm not getting that exactly. right. But I'm not a quote guy. No, it's good. You're not a boat guy or a quote guy. I'm not a boat or a quote. Um, not a quote guy. I was just in Israel, and it's interesting that um, their society is a little different because everybody has to serve in the military. So I really do kind of like the idea of um, a year of uh, public service. You don't have to go to the military, but some kind of like national public service for people right. uh, I think that would connect people more to the country because people say things and people have all kinds of opinions but they're not connected to uh, they're not really connected in, in a lot of ways you know what I mean so I feel like a, a year in the, of public service uh, to the country would solve that problem it, it would connect people I think differently well that's what Switzerland does no matter who you are, you will serve right. the government in one way or another, right. or the people of Switzerland, right. whether it's in the military or whatever. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. A year of service would be a really good idea. Yeah, plus you get experience um, and you get – it would really close the gap yep. in terms of people meeting different people. Like in – you know, you talk to guys, uh, older guys who served in the military. It's like they come from these small communities, and it was really gave them a chance to, like, meet different people. Like you have these rural kids who grew up in small towns and then they would go and they meet kids from cities and all stuff and it just really broadened their perspective and uh, I think it's it's good not only for the country but it's good individually for each person each citizen yeah I think that's true uh, you know right now when you when you're in a situation where again I'm a victim of your period on your text message yeah the only time that ever happens is when no one is being victimized. Like, there are a lot of people right now that claim oh, there's a victim and that's a victim and there are people. No, right. they're not. Right. They're, there's nobody in America right now being victimized by anybody else in an overt manner. Now, inside your, you know, closed, behind closed doors, it could be happening because we wouldn't know about it. 
But do you know that any particular group of people being victimized right now, do you think? Like actual victims? Look, some people are looked down upon. Or, right. You know, they... What it, but actual victimization is a whole nother level. Right. Well, people are born into situations that are more unfortunate than others, I would say. Yeah. So I would say that. I don't know if that's a... I wouldn't necessarily label that victim, but they're born into impoverished situations or born into like... Um, uh, a, a mother, a single parent home who's really just trying to do everything but is overwhelmed. So, Correct. or an alcoholic, you know, if you're born to an alcoholic father and, uh, and, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's a rough, it's a rough life, you know? So I would, people, people come from different places. So, um, there's a lot of pain out there, I would say. But, yeah. but, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, confuse that with adversity like i think a lot of times in our society yeah. people are like any kind of adversity they're trying to alleviate and it's like even when you're raising a kid you know it's like and i work with kids i work with kids with behavioral problems it's like you can't i know so many parents are trying to be good parents but they they coddle the kid and try to in terms of like trying to remove any kind of adversity from their lives and it's like adversity yeah. makes you strong so you yes. need that. You need you need a little bit of you need them to fail and cry and fi- and, and be able to like regroup and figure it out because they're going to need that skill set for later on in life. And a lot of these kids, they're being raised, and the parents are well intended. That's the problem. The parents are like loving and well intended, but they're trying to alleviate any adversity, and that's a bad thing. I would say. I think that's very very true. We, um, you know, it's interesting in what you were just talking about. Uh, I mentioned once in a while the fact that that's the way I grew up. My mother raised seven children by herself wow. with no money, the wow. whole deal. I never finished high school. I went to college for one day and hated it, so I quit. And things worked out. And I always thought that people would really, and most people do, I'm, but I'm talking about the pe- the very people who love to talk about it the most, they do not think it's wonderful. They resent the hell out of me for it. Isn't that weird? Why? Why? For making for making it good without their help, without right. going to college, without right. finishing high school, they do not like that. You know, and again, it's not everybody. It's just those right. people in the you know, some college professors. You know, that whole deal. The fact that I didn't do it their way because I couldn't afford to do it their way, right. first of all. But they don't consider that. But they they actually resent the hell out of me for succeeding without their help. That's that really weird? interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. I think the bigger question is like. Um, because it just it wasn't just like that situation and then you became successful. I think the bigger question is there's a lot of in between there. So how? Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like how did you do it is uh, the bigger question. Like how were you able to overcome those obstacles and then then you take that and that's like everybody's path is different, but there are some universal yeah. lessons in your path that can help other people. You know who maybe aren't traditional yeah. aren't for traditional education. I, I do talk quite often about the fact that the parents of of my friends in the neighborhood could not have been more supportive because my father was institutionalized. My mother was working 18 hours a day. The other families in the neighborhood really stepped up to help. It was wonderful. Right. They were very nice to me. Right. And that was a huge part of it. But every time I talk about that, they don't like that either. Like, so, well, other parents. I mean, shouldn't you be going to the administration of your school? It's like, what? Yeah. You know, parenting's parent parenting's a good thing. Uh, right, right. So I don't know. We're kind of missing the boat right now on that whole deal. I don't know why they want to do, miss that boat, but they do. Well, I, I think Whatever. people want 
because you know everybody always says like I don't want my kid to go through what I went through, and it's like okay, yeah, I right. understand that on a surface level, but what you went through made you who you are. It gave yeah. you this. Now you're a strong person because of it. So I'm not saying that we should we we shouldn't pull people out of pain. We shouldn't try to do our best, to, but. In terms of like coddling a kid and like giving too much, it's like let people let people fail, let them regroup and figure yeah. out you know figure it out for themselves. It it creates strength of character, and that's important. That's a, I think that's more important than intelligence. Everybody always you know intelligence is the single biggest indicator of whether you're going to be successful. Right. And I think it's true to a certain extent, but I think character overcomes that. You know? I think you're absolutely right about that. That's yeah. a, that's a hundred percent it, right there. And I'm a terrible person. This is coming from a terrible. Oh person yeah, well I was going to say that. I was going to say, you um, know, Mike. As far as I know, you're <laughs> completely you selfish know. and terrible. Yes, yes, that's what I was thinking. Exactly that. Mike Vecchione, completely selfish and terrible. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. I, I just I love talking about this kind of stuff because I think it helps other people. You know, yeah. it helped uh, it helped me get through. But I think we we got texts all morning long because we had read a story about a, a a family that was losing a family member and how tough that is and all the rest of it. Yeah. We got so much advice from listeners this morning on our talk and text line about yeah, you can get through this and this is how you get through it. I went through, went through the same thing. That's what I'm looking for in society when people step up and go, yeah, I've been there. Let me tell you how to to get that done. That's the greatest that great? part. People, you know, complain about the internet and social media and all that stuff and how it's tearing down our society. It's like it really depends how it's used because stuff like that is it connects people and can really help people. Yeah. I mean, that's the way I use the internet. I look, look up stuff that's inspirational and not just inspirational, but it things like that from people who've been through those experiences that you can draw from. You're like, oh, I'm going to use this strategy in my own life. Like the internet really does provide that. And as a tool of education, of learning, you know what I mean? Like, you can learn on your own because it's the information age. You know, it's a really a good thing. We will take a break. Be right back more with Mike Vecchione. He is at Rick Bronson's House Comedy. Two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow night, and a Sunday show as well. Right back with Mike right after this to family. Tom Bernard with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, we've been talking about North American Banking Company for a few years now. One thing we've discussed is that the bank is locally owned and operated. Well, how does that benefit your customer? Tommy, projects and opportunities for expansion come up quickly for business owners. A locally owned and managed bank like North American Banking Company means decisions can be made just as quickly. We know Minnesota. We live in the communities we serve. So we have experience and firsthand knowledge for what's happening in your life where you live. That means decisions are made here. We don't ship them off or pass the buck someplace out of state. Finally, getting our customers quick answers allows them to take decisive action, and that's how business gets done. Man, Michael, you're getting good at this. Practice makes perfect. Uh, perfect? <laughs> <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. If you're one of those folks out there still putting up with contact lenses or dealing with glasses, think just for a moment, what would it be like to wake up to a clear morning and experience your day with all the freedom LASIK brings? Well, I'm living proof. That dream can come true. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With the new year right around the corner, it's time to set your sights on 2020 vision. Get $500 off LASIK through the end of the year at Whiting Clinic. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contacts, then it's time for you to find out 
if you're a candidate for LASIK. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com for your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Imagine 2020, buy 2020, and let 2020 be your best year yet with $500 off LASIK at Whiting Clinic. Offer expires December 31st, 2019. Both eyes only cannot be combined. Results may vary. Oh, I see. So you got two Catholic guys talking about being, you know, in the. So you go right to the Jesus music. Okay. <laughs> I heard you talking yeah. about Jesus on KQ this morning. Yes, the Brazilians were very, very upset because they've done a play where Jesus is gay. And, uh, <laughs> and, and again, I, you know, I, I grew up Roman Catholic and all the rest of it. And, and, you know, I'm not the most religious guy on earth, but why would I give a rat's ass how you portray Jesus? Because, yeah. I mean, if your thought or your belief in Jesus is what it is, why would you care? But a lot of people do, apparently. A lot of people. They're just trying to make Jesus relatable, that's all. Yeah, that's it. Well, which is fine. That's mm-hmm. good. Like I said, I don't worry about stuff like that. It's like, really? Okay, that's good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> it was just uh, generic, edgy humor is what it was. They had, like, yeah, you know, Mary smoking true. weed and that kind of thing. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. Oh, they did. Awesome. It's like when you go oh, to a 14-year-old that. and say, what do you think is edgy? That's what they'll write down. Right, right. Hey, if I was a woman and got pregnant by not having sex, I might have to smoke weed just to wrap my head around that fact. <laughs> well, the so, angel of God told her all yes. about it, so she's good. <laughs> she's fine. Don't worry about a thing. I have a joke about um, the current nativity scene, which is um, every instead of everybody standing around looking at Jesus, the, the, um, they're all uh, facing away from Jesus on their phones. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's modern day. Oh, that's I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right about that. It's, it's always doing the Sermon on the Mount, and no one cares. <laughs> They're all on their phones. Everybody's on their phones. You know what I? What did he say? <laughs> well, I, is there is anybody ever going to top Monty Python with the Sermon on the Mount? <laughs> he oh. goes, "The meek shall inherit the earth." Oh, he's making oh it up as he goes along. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That is wonderful. You should do that with every. That, Famous biblical painting. Just repaint it with everyone on their cell phones everyone and not paint. <laughs> That'd be odd. Like That's the Last finished. Supper. Yeah. Nobody's talking. Yeah. They're all on their phones. Phones and, and tablets. <laughs> it'll happen. I suppose it'll happen. I don't know. Like, like you said, I think any time that you have a situation, I guess millions of people in Brazil are very pissed off about it. And they've actually attacked the producer's home and the whole deal, right? What is it, The Last Temptation of Christ streaming or something? Is that what it is? Or? Um, yeah, it's called like the past, yeah, past. First first Temptation of Christ or something like that. Right. Yes, it's called, yes. But it's it not is. new, yep. it's just streaming on, it's not a new thing, right? It's just streaming on Netflix? It's hard to um, say because it's by a group that historically they haven't wanted to put their stuff on streaming services unless they've been on their own channel hmm. for like a while so they can get all the you know advertising money or whatever right, right. so i don't know oh, if it's yeah. been on their channel or if it's like they finally caved and just went direct to netflix i would be more upset about that not getting the advertising money 
<clears throat> oh yeah. I was trying to think of where where it did appear because I don't know if it was on Netflix or if it was just on YouTube. But it, it might have been Brazil, the YouTube. place during um, the Good Friday where they reenact the crucifixion. Like certain people so, yes. reenact the crucifixion. So they're uh, maybe it was the Philippines. Also, they do it like it's their hardcore Catholic. They're really like yes. If you're reenacting the crucifixion on Good Friday, you know you're not your average Catholic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I thought it was very funny when I was a kid because if you would hang out, you could hang out with your your school mates and all the rest of it. Some of the families, man, I, you, they found out you had another kid there that uh, didn't go to school with you. It was like, nah, he can't come over anymore. It's like, oh, wow. oh, okay. It was like, wow. That's a little harsh. <laughs> yeah, it's a little harsh. That's a little much. But. Well, I was one of them some some of the time, so yeah. you know that. Uh, oh, well, him, he went to he goes to another here. parish. Why don't you go back to your own? Yeah, parish? well, yeah. Go back. <laughs> go back to, I love it. Go back to your own parish. Yeah. Even when I was a kid, it's like you know, in the '90s, which wasn't that long ago, in Minnesota, there were people who were like you know, we're Episcopalian and you're Catholic, so it's like it's not like they won't talk to each other, but it's like you know, I don't. We we, we can't hang out. Oh wow! No, that's yeah. I didn't know that was oh, a yeah. thing. Oh yeah, and wow. not that long ago. I'm still. I'm sure in some places. Well, in some places, it's definitely like you know, especially if you like branch out more Christians, Jews, and Muslims. Right. They don't really hang out. Wow. But, but you know, when it comes I to like so. Lutheranism versus yeah. you know Catholicism, it's like they're not really that different. But yeah, New York no. City's a little different that way. We're all forced together via the train. <laughs> yep. So we, you're, forced <laughs> That's to, true. you're forced to be um, all together. You tra- do you have to take the train a lot? I take the train all the time. I don't have a car. I had a car. It got stolen in Queens. So uh, <laughs> now, I take, now I take the train everywhere. Very appropriate. <laughs> or the bus. So I'm you- a master of transportation. Yeah, it sounds like it. Sounds yeah. You got it all dialed in, man. Yeah. Um, so your car was stolen in Queens? It was stolen in Queens. And... Um, because what they have in uh, Queens is alternative side parking, so you have to move your car every couple of days or it gets ticketed. Right. So, um, right. and then and then you f- a lot of times you forget where you park, like because you park in different spots. So around the neighborhood. So I go to my car; it's not there. Um, so I have to like r- go back in my head and think to myself, "Did I where? You know, did I park here? What you know? What happened?" And sometimes I'll do this move in New York. They'll. A move your car if they're shooting a movie. Mm. They'll just tow your car around the corner <laughs> really? to another place. And they yeah. don't tell and you? And they don't tell you. Yeah, there's no way to communicate to you. So they'll do that. Um, they, your car could be towed. If you parked in somebody's driveway, your car could be towed. So I parked in this Italian section. I know these la- I, I know these kinds of ladies, too, which they, they cannot wait to call uh, a tow truck to tow your car if you park in front of their driveway so um i may i when i park in this particular place i make sure i do not park in front of their driveway so i call the cops and the cops are like are you sure you didn't park in front of the driveway i'm like dude i know these women i know how they think i absolutely did not park in front of their drive for that very reason and then and then the cop it was a while because the cops like are you sure you parked here because i'm sure they had a million people call them who just parked and forgot where they parked and uh you know, flag the car missing, stolen, and then then it's a whole oh, process yeah. to get it unflagged. So they were like, "Well, wait 24 hours." I'm like, "Wait 24?" I was telling the cops, "I'm like, wait 24 hours." What if somebody stole my car and they're doing drive-by shootings with my car? <laughs> and the co- you yeah, know what the cops what said to me? That? Good point. 
I'm like, oh, is it a good point, dude? Like, who's the cop? Am I the cop or are you the cop? Good point. Hey, good point, Mike. That's phenomenal. Oh, my God. So, I mean, the reason, how I did really find out is the woman whose house it got stolen in front of had video she she has a camera on the street and had video footage of somebody getting into the car uh, you don't see the driver side you just see the passenger side and uh, you see the car light up and take off at like 1:30 in the morning Oh man! But it, I had it like at two thousand Acura, and uh, while the car was like it had like one hundred fifty thousand miles on it, it's uh, they steal it and chop it up, use it for parts, and they found it in an abandoned lot. Like nine yeah. months later, burned out and just stripped. So, so the insurance was good. The insurance paid. Yeah, shout out to good. Geico. <laughs> and and then Geico keeps sending me letters like we want you back. I'm like, yeah, I didn't buy a car, dude. I don't know. Yeah. We want you to come back to the Geico family. I'm like, you guys are great. I just never bought another car. Yeah, I didn't have a car when I lived in I lived in New York in the early to mid 80s before I took the KQRS job and I we never had a car. There was no, we lived on 20th Street and 2nd Avenue in Manhattan. There was nowhere to put a car nah, over there. Nah. Uh-huh. A, no, you got to park it in a garage there and that's that's like almost yep. that's like your rent. Oh, really? That's like yeah, 400 a month. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. It's too expensive. So now when I go to town I'll either rent a car or I'll take the bus and I live I live in Queens by LaGuardia so I'll just fly out the best and now with uber too it's like it's super easy yeah yeah oh yeah there's no doubt about it. Well, okay. two of my favorite stories ever about uh about that kind of stuff my very first day in new york so i fly to new york and into uh laguardia i come through the midtown tunnel in a taxi and uh we we make it onto manhattan and i look down at the you know the, the medallion on the on the dashboard tells you who your taxi driver is right, right? so i look at it and i go Hey, uh, Joaquin, how are you doing? And he goes, familiarity breeds contempt. (laughs) 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 I couldn't call him Joaquin. (laughs) (laughs) But my favorite cop story is from one of your favorite towns in the world, Philadelphia. Yeah. When I was at Rittenhour Square, I was at a, at a, uh, a church right there, a Catholic church right there, and I was at a wedding, and I walked by this beautiful day. And I walk by, uh, you know, the, the there's a, that metal fence that goes around the square. And I walk by, and there's a cop leaning up against the fence. And I walk by, and I look, and I go, beautiful day, officer. She goes, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's I thought a it nice was atti- wonderful. That's a nice attitude to have. At least you didn't Isn't get tasered. Really nice? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think they taser people for that now. Well, probably true. Probably I true. I was uh, I did uh, Tony and Tina's wedding in South Philadelphia for years. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah. South Philly was is a huge. Um, it was in anyway. It was a huge Italian hub. I think they're still down there, but um, it's waning. And uh, I dated this girl from South Philly, so I would do the show on the weekends. I would do the show. I would go out drinking, and then and then she would go to like higher echelon places in uh, center city but i would just stick to the south philly dive bars and then i would just crash at her place so we got snowed in one day and um i go to she was a nurse so she had to go to work so i um go to shovel her car out on the street and i'm shoveling it and i'm throwing the snow onto the street and i didn't know you were supposed to do that (laughs) cop drives by this cop drives by (laughs) and uh he stops and he, he rolls down his window and goes 
You really want that? You really want that two hundred dollar ticket, don't you? You want me to give you that two hundred dollar ticket? I go. What are you talking about? My girl's a nurse. She's got to get out. He's like, we all got to get out, pal. Stop doing that. Stop shoveling it on the street. Screams at me and then drives away. And the neighborhood people come out. It's so funny. And the neighborhood people come out and they go. They always yell at the wrong people. They always yell at the wrong people. <laughs> they He's like, they're trying to comfort me. You know, the neighborhood people. I'm like, yeah, oh, I don't care. It's like, sweet. I don't know where she she's she's trying to get out. You know. You know, I think everybody should do, like, I, I spent a lot of time in, in Chicago and New York, sometime in Los Angeles, moved around. I lived in Jacksonville, Florida for a while, I was on the radio. And you did the same same thing, basically, bouncing around from Youngstown to uh, to Boca Raton, then Philadelphia, right. then right. New York. I think it's really good to be exposed to those different cultures. I think it's really good for people. Yeah, I would say, Don't because people get locked into their own, you know, people get yep. locked into their own routines. I, I do meditation and stuff, and um, uh, you know uh, I'm interested in the mind-body connection and, and spirit. And uh, people get locked into their conditioning, and it's 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 surprising sometimes if you watch your own mind work. It's like how everything is. You 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 function on autopilot much of the time, and and as a result, like you're missing your life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so if, yeah. if my point is, uh, to your point, like if you grow up just as, in the same town, you're doing the same things and you're not exposed to anything else. It's like everything just becomes like a root, just a routine that you don't even think about anymore. It's almost like you're conditioned to be some kind of a drone. Yeah. You know, instead of like being We're exposed, being exposed to different situations and different people. And it, it makes you think it use you make it forces you to use different parts of your brain, I would say. And react Which in different we need ways. More of. Yeah. Yeah. And like, we need more of that. We we need a lot more people thinking just a little differently than... Well, again, I think we're so focused right now on, now on everybody being a victim. That's all I can think of. Right. It's disgusting. Right. No, I, and, I, and I think legitimately they are victims. I, I think that's actually true. Like, I think legitimately they are victims. But, but to be, you know, in order to make things better, I think you have to figure out how to climb out of that, how to climb out of this... That, the victim status. So I don't, I don't mm-hmm. begrudge them for being, you are an actual victim. I really do. But like, if you grew up with, like in your situation, like that's a rough, rough situation to grow up in. And I think that you are a victim in that situation. But, but the fact that you figured it out and climbed out of that is, uh, is a great thing. You know what I mean? That's the example we should be following, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think it's terrific. I, the only problem is in, in in my neighborhood and probably where you grew up as well, if you claim to be a victim, people would turn on you in a heartbeat. They right. would be like, nobody's victimizing yeah. me or you. Don't be yeah. using, the, using the word victim. I don't even want to hear it. Right. They didn't They didn't want to hear that at all. It's right. amazing. And a lot great, of people I these think. days also do this thing where they don't tell the whole story in terms of like, um, they come oh, yeah. out and they go, I'm a self-made. Like if somebody does come out of that situation, they go, I'm self-made. I'm a self-made I'm a, you know, everybody wants to take, it's like, I mean, if I, I've had some success, you know, and uh, if I ever get, attain a massive level of success, I'm the farthest thing from a self-made guy there is. I mean, yeah, it took my drive and, and t- to get 
places, but I had massive help. I mean, my mother, my father, like teachers, right, coaches, right. like massive. There's no way I would be anywhere close to where I where I am even now without the help of so many people. And I think I think that's get, that gets left out of the story a lot. You know what I mean? Even if it's, if it's not two parents, like somebody stepped up, like a community member, an uncle, a, mm-hmm. a grandmother, like somebody really stepped up and helped. And I think that gets that that gets left out of the story a lot. You know. It does indeed. We'll take a break. Be right back in two minutes more with Mike. We're right after this in the family. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Yeah, baby. The name of the band? Redbone, baby. Did you know that? I love that I song. I don't know it, no. That song is actually... Yeah, it's Native American. Yeah, they're actually that song has been in a lot of commercials lately. Yeah, so, I've noticed that. Yeah, yeah. anytime and I, I see don't know a commercial, why. yeah, I go somebody's making money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So somebody's getting royalties. Yeah. Oh God, I was just speaking of royalties. A friend of mine just told me the story. Richard Branson. I didn't know that. Apparently, Richard Branson was just some schlub, and then did some research and found he could buy the rights to Tubular Bells, the song they used in The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, that do 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 that, that thing? Right. Mm-hmm. He apparently owns the rights to it and made so much money out of it, he now owns an airline, a cruise ship, and a railroad. Wait, so his whole corporation is based on Tubular Bells? That's what I was told. Wow. I can't that prove it, but that's what, what I was told by several people. <laughs> that's amazing. That, that's crazy. <laughs> Andy, would you do, do me a favor and look that up and see if most of that's true? I'm sure some of it's BS, but most of it, I guess, is true. Tubular bells. <laughs> wow. Well, they Tubular didn't, bells. They didn't have Kickstarter back then, so if right. you wanted to start a company, no, you had to didn't. find alternatives. Wow. <clears throat> well, yeah, that, that was... Let's see. One of the first albums he had a recording company, obviously. Virgin okay. Records. Virgin, yep. Virgin. Um, 
He started in 72, and yes, yeah, 73 was like the first chart-topping bestseller for Virgin, which was Tubular Bells. God. God. And how much, did it say map. how much money he made? It did, yeah. yeah. I don't know how much money, it say how much money he made, but... Well, he owned all the rights, so he Yeah, the it. record sold 15 million worldwide, so I'm guessing he did pretty well. So anytime anybody gets possessed by the devil, he gets paid? Is that what happens? <laughs> exactly right. Is that how the royalty works? Look, I'm just a Christian so. talking here. <laughs> yes, I understand. I understand. But how smart is that guy? Wait a minute. This song could be huge. Bought the rights and 15 million copies. Wow. Yeah, baby. Pretty good. That's a great story. Yeah, you learn a lot on this yeah. show. <laughs> oh, I don't think there's any question about that. You know, just a given that, uh, or not, you know. Yeah, uh, the message is anything is possible, I guess. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, it's yeah. a very good message. Anything yes, is possible. Especially now, this day and age. Yeah, that probably is true, isn't it? I would say so. That I'd people... say there's all kinds of outside-the-box opportunities that, oh, yeah, you know. Definitely. It's... Well, this podcast... You know, 20 years ago. Right. Could never have happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think that te- a new technology emerges, yeah, and the, and people, I think the most, half the people, I'd say more than half the people who are the most successful are the people who get on the ground floor of the technology. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, well, that's what Bill is. Gates, Steve Jobs, they were all there at the very oh, yeah. beginning. All those dot-com boom people, yeah. you know, all they did was buy names of websites, you know, right. airplanes.com, and then, you know, an airline buys it. 10 years later for $5 million. Right. You know, it's just uh, taking advantage of the fact that no one knows it exists yet. Right. It's great. I suppose that's true. God. And here we sit doing a podcast. Yes. There you go. We got it all figured out. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you know, it all works out. I don't know. It's a, it takes a different kind of mind, I guess. I do you think, uh, so what do you think the, the next, uh, the next step is, is you, you were talking about you're kind of caught between between boomers and millennials, that's your. So, is is there a name for your generation? Actually? Yeah, Gen X. I'm Generation so, X. So Gen yeah. X is. Oh, okay, that makes yeah. sense. So you got X, you got Z. Z is the newest kids, the kids who uh, were were raised with oh, smartphones. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So it goes millennials and then Z. Z are the f- uh, smartphone kids. Mm-hmm. They're even, you know, they were raised with. The smartphone in their pocket at all mm-hmm. times. And then, like, so. Fawn's generation. It's my sister's daughter. She's four, right. almost. I don't think they are technically Gen Z. I think they're too young. I don't right. think they have a name Probably yet. Probably true, yeah. No, they don't have a name yet. Yeah, I'm on the cusp. It'll be some... It'll be like a, a pronoun we haven't heard of yet, like a zur. Yeah. <laughs> zur. Generation, <laughs> generation, <laughs> generation of they. Yeah. Gen- yeah. <laughs> Um, Sounds like a horror movie. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I'm on the cusp of Gen X and Millennials because mm-hmm. I was born in 81. Now, some uh, yeah, things you, say, like, Millennials were nah, born. No, you're a millennial, I think. You're at the... Technically, you're, yeah. You're a technically a millennial. Yeah. yeah well, it just depends because some of them say from 1983 and on up or something. Well, yeah, there's no, 81. like, official council of generations that says but this I, is the year. I it's relate like a, to Gen X. Agreement. Gen X, yeah. You're raised more old school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. I suppose I could see that. Yeah, I don't relate to millennials at all because I grew up with baby baby boomer parents, right? In a house with Depression World War II grandparents. Mm. So I right. relate to the generation before me, like the kids that grew up in the 
mid to late 60s and the 70s versus kids that grew up in the 80s because a lot of my friends, their parents were like in their 20s when my parents had me later in life right. into their 30s. So, But maybe it also has to do with where you are in your life now, like you have yeah. responsibility. A lot of so responsibility. It's not like, <laughs> I, it's not like I, I think some, some women in like in New York and in LA on the coast, like in their 30s, like sometimes they talk or tweet or something. I read stuff online and they're talking like little like girls. 14, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they're like, yep. I can't find a boy who will blah, blah, blah. It's like, <laughs> what? Like, it's like, if you were like, <laughs> what? you know what I mean? If You're this, a grown ass woman. Yeah, yeah. Grown yeah. Ass woman. I have no idea what this is. They yeah. infantilize people because yeah. they make it acceptable to not take responsibility for anything. Just right. like be a helpless child, people will come to your rescue. That's what they like were raised on. Yeah. Well, it's not even. It's just. It's it where they are in their lives. Like if you don't have, like if you don't have, and, and I'm one of these people. Like I don't have a wife or kids. So it's like if you don't have a wife or kids, you look at things much differently than if you do have responsibilities. Mm-hmm. You know, those kinds of those kinds of like life responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So that's good for you. So no, your your girlfriend. You'd yes. mentioned this before. Yeah. So what happened? I know you were heartbroken. That I do know. Yeah. So I what was, happened? Uh, uh, um, well, she broke up with me. It was We were engaged and living together. So uh, oh. it was pretty hurtful for me, for me at the time. Like, earth-shattering. So um, she broke up with me, and, and then I had to do the whole thing of, like, moving out and uh, was drinking pretty heavily at the time and then got a DUI on top of it so Ooh. I compounded my situation and then she was a lawyer so she was helping with the, with the DUI at the time but then broke up with me so it's like okay are you still my like I don't oh. even know like are you helping me still like I don't oh. know you know because oh, breakups are messy oh. yeah so um, <laughs> I stayed with my brother for a while he lived close by so I just stayed with him until I could figure it out and then I was trying to get a job and and back I didn't know if the DUI would stop me from getting a job I know it was a, a definite strike you definitely have to explain that in an interview so um, I but I landed on my feet I ended up getting a great job and um, in Pennsylvania, a school district, a, good, a really good school district, and living close by. So I worked there for the next four years. You know, I worked in that area for the next four years and um, landed on my feet. Eventually got it back, you know. Um, but that's that's the story, the breakup. And then started, I fin- was finishing up my master's, and then I started doing stand-up comedy. I started going out every weekend, to, or, or every Wednesday night to do the open mics. So that's how I started, yeah. No, so do you, do you think... I mean, do you ever have contact with her at all anymore? No, nah, no. Nah, she's got a family and stuff, so I don't like... Oh, she does? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think she's got, like, a family. So it's one of those things where it's, like, it's better to leave it in the past, you mm-hmm. know, take the lessons. And and I've had... I've, I had a few girlfriends in Philadelphia after that, and then I moved to New York, and then I dated a series of girls since then. So it's... And, and I'm, like, a... Not, like, a player. I'm, like, a long-term guy but it just none of them ever worked so i dated a girl for three years and then another one for five years and then another one for um a year and then two years and now i'm with my current girlfriend for a year and a half cool oh that's good yeah what does she do she's a comic she's stand up yeah yeah does she does she travel she travels and um she she's done uh colbert she's done that show and uh she does stuff at comedy central and um so we'll be on the road next week and together, you know, in, oh, uh, wonderful. in uh, Cleveland. 
So she'll be opening in for Cleveland. me. In Cleveland. She'll headline on the Wednesday, and then she'll open for me. Um, now, she, has she played uh, Minneapolis? I don't think she's been here. No, I don't she think she's been here. here. Uh-uh. No. Well, you got to leave her no. name. She's been. I'm, I've been doing she comedy. Comes to like, town, it could be nice. Yeah, absolutely. I'm in. I've been doing comedy. Um, uh, twenty around twenty years, and she's she's like at the ten year mark. Mm-hmm. So she's still like, she's building, you know. But she can headline. Yeah. But yep. on the road, like if we go on the road together, mostly she'll open for me. And uh, okay, so I have a question for yeah. you. Yeah. So the two of you are sitting around the living room. Mm-hmm. And you say something or she says something really funny. Do we then spend the rest of the night trying to top each other? <laughs> Does that happen? Oh, I thought you were going to ask me if I fly off the handle. Well, <laughs> you're Italian. I do assume I... you do. Yeah, there, I just assume do I that, fly like, off the know. handle much? No, um, she's very funny and like in, co- in conversation. like She'll tell me these stories and I'll just gut laugh. I don't try to top it because I don't have anything to top some of her stories, some of her organic <laughs> stories that she tells me that happened to her in her life. And uh, even when she goes on the road, like a local host talking down to her, kind of, like it makes me laugh. Just really, oh, the way she, the way she lays, lays it out for me, it really makes me laugh. So um, now that's that's usually the way it goes. She, she tells me the stories and I gut laugh. Is it, do you think that, that there are radio, look, I do understand that 99% of radio people are total douchebags and it's really hard to do radio. Not that I'm any better. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, are there still guys out there that talk down to, to female comedians because they're women? Um, it's not so much, it's not radio. It's um, like, she'll go into a, a city and it's like, it'll be. Uh, sometimes it'll be a lo- not all the time, obviously, but it's, sometimes it'll be a local host, a guy who's been doing it like oh, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. So he's a local guy, but he's like, it has a family or can't get out for some reason or or never got out or won't get out or whatever. And uh, it's like, um, it's like he'll be like something like, oh, so you did Colbert? How'd you get that? How'd you get that? It's like she's been in the business a long time, grinding and scrapping. You know, and it's like. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, I'm thinking about doing that, too. I'm thinking about moving. I'm thinking about moving oh, to yeah. New York and starting yeah. my own thing yeah. up there. Yeah, I could do that, too. I have a lot of time, too. I usually don't host. I usually headline everywhere. You know what I mean? It's like that kind of thing. She'll get that. that <laughs> Sounds like insecurity. Yeah, that kind of attitude. But, yeah, it's blatant insecurity, but it it, it really uh, it makes me laugh. The way she tells me it, it makes me laugh. You know, she does it in a comedic way, so it makes me laugh, you know. Do you think there's anything better than in the world than a very strong, smart, tough woman? Isn't it the greatest? It really is. It really is the I greatest. Love it. Yeah, she's uh, she's all those things. Yeah, I talk her up. She's uh, she's very uh, smart and, and disciplined. She's like a disciplined person too. So it's like um, gets up, you know. She just you know works out, balance. You know, we both try to keep a balanced. Um, lifestyle because this business can throw things at you and it really oh yeah it can uh if you're not grounded in something deeper than just the surface of this business you'll get tossed i think ladies ladies and gentlemen tonight two shows tomorrow night two shows a sunday show as well mike vecchione thank you so much for always nice talking to you sir it's great having you it's been really great i i really appreciate you having me on thank you so much don Anytime, reach out by phone, come to town, whatever you got to do. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. We'll be back, hour two, with the family.